0: When you get to that size, I mean, every everything becomes difficult. Everyday normal task in life that you know people take for granted start to become uh, just obstacles, you know, to living. You know, hygiene, taking showers, things like that. You know, getting in and out of your car, you know, becomes this this burden that you have to bear every single day and you know for me it was it was huge and it was heavy and it kept me uh, in a low spot for a long time
1: this is progress a podcast about people and their life stories my name is Chance and today we have Chase Green with us. He has a lot to say so we're just going to jump right into it. Chase, where did this really start for you?
0: Most of my my story with weight with my size started back when I was in high school. So uh, a few people have heard this before, you know my parents got divorced. I was in I think uh, my sophomore year of high school and I started eating fast food. I didn't grow up eating fast food. I never had before. So um, getting to taste fast food was incredible. It changed my life. So I'm eating it constantly. And within like, I mean, less than a year, I put on 100 pounds. And that was really just my first kind of like experience with binge eating.
1: Let me ask you this. Were you... So what what weight did you start out at might be an, an interesting question before you started eating fast food. So before I started eating fast food, I weighed 216 pounds, I think. I remember I was in track and
0: field, field portion, of course. And my coach told me I was 216. He said, bud, you might want to start thinking about trying to shed just a few pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the last time in my life anybody's ever told me I should lose just a few pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, I didn't even think it was... Uh, I thought it was crazy because I had like a little bitty, you know, a little pooch or something, but it wasn't much. And truthfully, you know, I've had so much time to think about it, you know, over the years. My my issue was I created a really unhealthy relationship with food really early on in life. People talk about emotional eating. That was something I did a lot. That was how I celebrated things. That was how I dealt with things that, you know, that sucked, that were hard. And, you know, my mom, she would go to, to town on Saturday and she would go shopping and I didn't get to do anything like that, you know, during the week. So I would go with her and I knew that she was going to take us out to eat somewhere on that Saturday. So it was like food became something I used as like a coping mechanism, as like a reward system. It was just, it was the way I learned to deal with it. And then at some point somewhere along the line, it just kind of became, you know, food equals joy. And that was where things got dangerous. And that's what took me down just a really, really rough path for, I don't know, almost 15 to 20 years of just putting on tons of weight from, uh, just my, my bad, uh, food habits.
1: And you, you mentioned your parents' divorce. So was that almost like the catalyst that kind of launched that, uh, coping mechanism?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a part of it. Um, it was tough that, uh, that, that junior year You know, after my parents had divorced, it was really, really hard for me. I didn't have a lot of friends in school. I had just put on that, like, initial hundred pounds. People were starting to look and act towards me differently. There were actually some people that made fun of me. I tried to drop out of school. Uh, My, you know, teachers wouldn't let me. So, it was really the first time in my life I had ever dealt with, like, any kind of bullying or anything like that. And my first reaction was just to bail out and run. And I couldn't. So, the only thing I could do is just kind of suck it up and deal with it at school. And then when I came home... That was just kind of how I'd like self-medicate with food or I'd just take off and, you know, go somewhere. You know, I worked at a couple of fast food restaurants around that same time, too. And that did not help the situation at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. So
0: I, I was around 320 pounds coming out of high school and I stayed that weight for years. Um, Like a lot of people, I've had some success getting on a fad diet or something like that, dropping, you know, 50 to 80 pounds. Did that a lot. Kind of just yo-yoed back and forth over the years and always was told by doctors, hey, you know, you're you're looking to where you could be pre-diabetic. You might want to start to pay attention to this. I remember when I was 20, I think 26 or 27, I was at work, started feeling really dizzy and it happened for days and days. Didn't know what it was. Finally went to a doctor and they were like, dude, it's your blood pressure. It's through the roof. And I remember, you know, I sat in the parking lot and cried in my car because I had a prescription in my hand for a pill that, like, if I didn't take something really bad could happen to me. You know, I didn't know much about it, but I was really nervous. So that was the first medicine I ever had to get on was high blood pressure medicine, and they're warning me at the time, hey, you got to do something. You know, you're not going to live much longer. You're getting bigger and bigger. And at that time, I was getting close to 400 pounds, and uh, really didn't manage my weight at all anymore.
1: And it just became your lifestyle or your reality. So it was like 10 years of coping. Yeah. Later.
0: Yeah. So I, so I did that. And then I, um, really within about a year or so moved to Texas after that. So I moved to Texas, uh, had met my wife, came here, we got married and I was around 400 pounds when we got married and, you know, being married and being around, you know, someone, you know, all the time like that makes you want to try to be in better shape. You know, you want to not be a slob in front of your spouse. So. I worked at it, I've lost weight off and on with uh, around her since we've been married, and I put more and more back on. Because every time I lose weight, I always give myself more potential to put more back on. And that's kinda what happened, I, you know, over the last, I guess, eight years, I went from around 400 pounds to 521 pounds. And that's where I was this past January, 2019, uh, starting the year out, was at 521 pounds. And I uh, was finally diagnosed,
1: you said guess, this, this January? Yeah, this
0: 2019. This January 2019, I weighed five hundred and twenty-one pounds. And about three years ago, doctor diagnosed me with uh type two diabetes. I've had that, didn't manage it very well. And uh that's kind of you know, that's kind of what I came into my journey with. I you know, I had high blood pressure, type two diabetes, horrible back pain all the time, couldn't get around. Um, and really was just kind of immobile, just kind of just kind of, uh, sat around different places all day long watching TV or just, you know, just kind of watching life pass by. The turning point was, it was a couple different things. I went to Disney world at the end of last year, 2018 with my wife and my son. And, you know, I was like, I'm going to hang in all day. I'm going to make it work. And I just couldn't, I mean, I think we'd been there for five hours or something. And I mean, my back was just killing me. And I finally told my wife, I said, just, uh, you know, just take him and just go do some rides. I can't, like, I can't keep up. So I sat on a bench and I was there for a while by myself and I fell asleep and I woke up and these little kids were next to me and they were just kind of looking at me and they didn't know what to say. And I was just like, Hey, and it felt really weird because I'm just sitting here on this bench all by myself in <laughs> Disneyland looking kind of, or Disney were looking kind of weird. And, uh, yeah, that was, um, uh, That was really frustrating because I think I told myself the whole time as my son's been growing up, you know, he's just turned four thinking, you know, I'll, I'll get serious and I'll lose the weight before he's big enough to really get around. And, you know, I, I waited until, I mean, he can get around really, really well and I can't keep up. So that was a big one for me. Um, It was one of, that was one part of the two things that really made me want to get started on trying to lose weight. And the second part was there's a guy that works um, at the same company I work for. And he's in his 30s, which I am too. And he had lost a bunch of weight a couple years back, was in great shape, and had a stroke. Had a stroke, like, has had to work so hard for the last, like, year to regain the use of his left side. And it just kind of woke me up like, you know, that could be me. You know, I I have all these health issues going on. I'm not really doing anything to manage them well. This guy has a second chance to kind of you know, live his life, but he had already made changes. He was already in much better shape and it still happened to him. And I'm thinking like, what's going to happen to me? You know, the guy that's not doing anything to fix anything. Those two things got me really nervous and made me want to make a change. You know, I've tried so many different things to lose weight. And I had talked to my wife and uh, I said, I think I want to try yoga because when you get really, really big, like I was, the one thing that you realize is it's just like, every normal everyday task that you see people do is so difficult for somebody over 500 pounds. Some of it's just next to impossible. So, you know, I told her, I just, I get so jealous when I see people do simple things like just get down on the floor and get back up. Like, I don't know how they do it. Like I physically see it and I, I just don't know how to do it. Cause when I get down, I mean, I have to like roll over, grab something, try to pull myself up. And it was so impossible. So I told her, I said, I see these people on Instagram And these yoga poses, I was like, and it's insane. I said, I just like, they look so strong because they have so much control. You know, they're like sitting on the, you know, they're propped up on the palms of their hands with their legs swung out to the side, just holding their weight. And I was like, that's just so impressive. I would, uh, I'd love to have that kind of strength, you know? So, you know, I had mentioned that to her around Christmas time of last year, she ended up getting me for Christmas, a yoga mat and yoga blocks. And of course I didn't do anything with them. We put them in a drawer or something. And, uh, it was right around our anniversary, January 1st of this year that we were getting ready to go out for our anniversary. We were going to stay in a cabin somewhere overnight. And I don't know why I jumped on the scale that night just to take a look at where I was. And cause I'd been, I'd been thinking you need to, you need to go ahead and do something. And that's when I weighed in at 521 pounds. And I told myself like, you know, tonight's it. Like, you know, we're going to go out tonight. We'll enjoy ourselves. But you know, tomorrow I'm doing something. And ended up not doing anything the next day. Anybody who's, you know, ever wanted to lose weight or anything knows what it feels like to uh, tell yourself you'll do it tomorrow and then tomorrow gets there and you don't. I ended up watching a video of a guy named Vance Hines and he was on a program called DDP Yoga and man, it just brought me to tears. This guy weighed 475 pounds when he started his journey. And then like, I think exactly 12 months, he lost 198 pounds. I was just so blown away because when I looked at him, I was able to see myself because he was, to me, very similar in size. His body type was very similar to me. And uh, he was a big guy, a little smaller than me, but a big guy. And it was like the first time I ever thought like, man, like, so that's kind of what I could look like if I could just lose 200 pounds. And uh, my wife said, you know, you got to go for it. You got to do this. So that's what I ended up doing. I, I jumped on that program and I've been on it now for over seven months. And I've been in it for seven months. Within the first, I think three to four months, I reversed my type two diabetes and got rid of my high blood pressure. And like I said, I'm about seven and a half months in now, and I'm right around down 150 pounds. Man, so it's been, it's been crazy. It's amazing. Yeah,
1: that's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of dedication.
0: It is. It is a lot of hard work. I get, I get a, uh, I get asked from people. You know, what does it take? you know, to stick with it. And I'm like, it's just whatever, whatever it takes. That's what it takes. Like just whatever you got to do to stick with it, to find that program or whatever and get going. I said, just, you know, every day it's a little different. I switch things up all the time just to keep things fresh. Cause I, I like to think that I can get into a routine that I'll just always be comfortable with. But truthfully, I get just, uh, I get bored with things. Mm. So sometimes I switch it up and I, uh, you know, maybe I do. I do stuff in the mornings, and then I switch to doing workouts in the evening. And my diet's pretty simple, but I I change my diet back and forth frequently too. The kind of foods that I eat, they're real simple, but just to uh, keep things from constantly being the same, I switch a lot of stuff up. But yeah, whenever I whenever people ask me, you know, what is it a uh, what does it take to to keep going and to stay motivated? And I was like, man, I mean, just I don't know. I said I just if I'm ever unmotivated or I'm feeling like man I'm in a slump, I just I go out there and find something to get motivated about, you know, I look at the non-scale victories that I have. I look at the fact that I can, you know, get down on the floor with my kids. And, uh, I said, i tell everybody, if you look at like where you started and where you are looking back helps a lot too. Yeah. It helps a lot
1: to remember what I was, how I was moving around January 1st. It's hard to see all that stuff on a scale. I like what you just said. Non-scale victories. Yeah. That's a really good way to put that because, uh, it's it's really easy to just think about the number on the scale. I would assume, you know, and and not so much about, hey, look at look at what I can do now. Look at how this is easier for me. I know you had a few times like you said you hit some fad diets and you had some success, and it bounced back and I believe you were speaking with some of our friends from church about how y- you came back to everybody and you're like, "Guys, I'm really going to do it this time." You know, and then Few months later nobody's really talked about it and then you come back and you're like i'm really gonna do it this time i i can imagine that was difficult for you to go to your friends and be like i want i want y'all to keep me accountable i'm really going to do this uh and then to not succeed several times and still keep trying can you talk about that a little bit yeah yeah um it's tough i'll start off
0: with that it's it's tough because that's one thing that I think most people are afraid of when it comes to sharing that struggle with other people is fear of failure and then the rejection from people that comes after. And the truth is, it's mo- it's mostly just a fear of rejection because truthfully, you know, if people are your friends, there's a lot more love there than you think. And that's kind of what I ended up having, you know, that's what I found out was I didn't give most of my friends the benefit of the doubt. I was afraid that they'd be like, oh, it's, you know. Here he goes again, you know, and, uh, you know, a bunch of eye rolls. And the truth is that's really not what it was. Um, but it wasn't easy. You know, it's, it's tough every time you fail and you have to kind of, you know, continue pushing forward and you, you go back to people. But the way I look at it now versus the before is you can fail, but that doesn't mean you quit, you know? So I fail at different things, but I just don't quit. So I heard somebody, they, they told me that someone told them once fail uh, stands for first attempt and learning. So, you know, don't get stressed about failing. You have to fail in order to succeed. Like that's, you know, the road to success is built on failure, and the failure is what helps you to get to the, you know, success you're, you know, you're, you're striving for to achieve. So, for me now, I look at failure as a way to kind of hone in what I'm working on, and I use failure in a way that helps me to better craft the way I work at what I do, and really for the first time ever, when it comes to weight loss and better health, I truly do look at all the failures I experience as, okay, well, so this didn't work as well and that's fine. I'll tweak it. And then I do experience more success because failures don't get me down as much. And plus I have really strong whys, you know, like the reasons that I do it. And, you know, I tell, I tell a lot of people that too. Now, when they come to me and say, how do I get started? I say, you got to have a why you got to have a reason you're doing it because you're going to hit a lot of days where it sucks and it's not fun. and You're going to want to give up. And unless you have some reason that you're really in this and it's, you know, it's something big and profound to you, it's, you know, it might you, you might just want to quit. So for me, being able to continue to regain more and more mobility and opportunity to just like live like all the people around me it's such a big motivator for me. And, you know, when I get to go buy a brand new size and a shirt or, you know, I'm able to do something like, you know, this weekend I was able to tie my shoes for the first time. And I kid you not, nine years, like people don't know what that does for you. So it's like, for me, I know now, well, shoot, I can go bowling because people have invited me to go bowling for years. I'm like, no, I can't. And, you know, Ashley would be like, well, why don't you want to go? And I don't want to tell her. But the reason I didn't want to go is because when you go to a bowling alley you got to lace shoes up. Mm. I can't tie my shoes. I can't bend down far enough because of my stomach. So I would just say, you know, I just I don't really like bowling. I don't enjoy it. And that's not true. I love bowling. I suck at it, but I love it. <laughs> and you know, knowing now that it's like it's not a big deal and truthfully, I'll be honest with you, in the last, you know, 6 to 8 months, I've I've regained enough confidence. I put myself out there a lot more than I used to. So yeah. I'd go bowling now even if I thought I couldn't
1: tie my shoes and I'd just tell people, "Hey, it's, you know, it's what it looks like, you're talking about your whys. What was your why that really clicked hard this time? The why that keeps you sticking in there more than anything?
0: So I mean, I'd like to say that that there was just one specific thing. Um, it it kind of it kind of continues to morph as I continue to go through my my journey. But you know, the biggest one was I wanted to be the husband you know, that my wife deserved and the, you know, the father that my kid deserved. That was like the why that got me started because they deserved better from me. And, you know, I told my wife probably, I don't know, a week or two before I started. Um, She saw I was upset one morning, asked, you know, what's wrong? I'm heading to work. And she's like, what's the matter? And I said, I just like, I don't want to get in that car one more time because I bought this smaller car when I had lost weight, you know, a little while back. And I outgrew the car, if you can imagine and it it was so hard to get inside the car when i would open up the door to get in i had to like kind of fall into it and my stomach and back were pushed against the steering wheel and the door frame and i would have to like squeeze into the car it was really really difficult and painful and the steering wheel always cut into my stomach and i knew that to get out of it was going to be just as hard it was, as it was to get in it And that morning I was just like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to experience this because every single time I had to do it, it's this huge shot to my confidence, you know, and this huge blow to just like my emotional state. And I'm telling her that morning, I was like, I just, I freaking hate it. Like I hate life right now. And I told her, I said, it'd be easier to be dead than to deal with the way I deal with life. Because at that time, I mean, everything was hard. Hygiene was difficult You know, I, at that time I was, I was only taking baths because I couldn't take a shower because I couldn't reach around myself. And I hated it because I thought if people really knew, like, you know, they'd probably look at me and just be embarrassed for me, you know? And it was so frustrating. So, you know, I'm like in tears that morning telling her, I don't want to get in that car again. I don't want to do it. And I told her, you know, it would be easier to be dead. When I realized I said that and like really kind of rang home. I felt really horrible that she ever heard that come out of my mouth, you know, because she deserves better than that for me. Cause all I have to do is quit doing this destructive stuff to myself that I've been doing. So that was a big one. Just wanting to say, you know what? Like that doesn't have to be me. I don't have to be lazy and lay down on my life. I can do something. And that was probably the biggest why that got me started. Um, and I've just, I've really just picked up new ones as I've gone yeah. because I'm so far away from that. Um, but the confidence i don't know that i had a lot of confidence in the beginning but i started sharing a lot of my journeys like on social media and i didn't know anything was going to happen with that it's
1: kind of terrifying honestly
0: it is that was the bigger part of why i was so afraid to share it with people that knew me it's that it's that fear of failure you know that's what i think it's that people thinking oh like you're no good at this you know this is not you're not going to do well and you know I was so afraid of people thinking like, you're not good at this, dude. We know you like we know what you do and what you do is you give up. That's what you do. And so I was so nervous to put it out there and share it. But I just went ahead and started sharing it. And what I found was the people who 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 I really wanted and hoped that would support me, my friends, they did. Nobody was like nobody questioned me like, hey, are you really serious about this? Like my friends were they were all in from the moment they realized I was doing it. But then I find this gigantic online community that's crazy supportive, and the more people start just telling you, hey, you're killing it, you know, you're killing it, my confidence started to just grow from that. And I'm seeing, and I follow lots of other people who also, in the face of things that would be considered very embarrassing by most people, are just, they're out there doing it. So the biggest moment for me when I realized that I have confidence was Two different occasions. One was I had a bunch of people over to celebrate when I lost like right around hundred pounds. I came over for a pool party. And uh I told Ash, I said, I'm not gonna wear a shirt at this pool party. And I'm I've been the guy for years and years and years. I get in a shirt, I get in the pool with a shirt on, always, always. And I've always got an excuse. Oh, I burn easy whatever. And you know, I just that's the reason. But uh, no, we all know why. And I was like, I'm not wearing a shirt, I don't care. I still had a big belly, I still do. And I was like, I don't care though, man. Like if people are going to accept me, they're going to have to accept me. So, uh, I didn't, and it felt kind of weird when I got out and like people are getting towels on and they're throwing shirts on and I'm just walking around with, you know, no shirt on. Uh, and I was like, you know what, this is okay. And, uh, it just, it felt, it felt almost painfully awkward for me at the moment, but I just told myself like, go through this. It's going to make it easier in the future. So I did. And then fast forward like another month or two. We go to this big, huge water park and there's tons and tons and tons of people there. And it was a night for uh, foster kids and foster families only. So we go in there with our kids and you know, and we're, we're getting ready to have fun and everybody's going into the water and I go to go in the water and I have my shirt on. It was just like instinctual. I don't take my shirt off in the pool. And I stopped and I was like, man, forget this. So I took my shirt off. I mean, with hundreds and hundreds of people around and threw it over and Ashley looks at me. She's like, you're not going to wear your shirt. And I was like... No way, man. And I just walked in and it was so liberating. And I think like from that moment on, I realized like it doesn't bother me anymore because the only way I could let it bother me was to kind of let it continue to control my actions. But the moment I say, you know what? If somebody says something, I'll say, look, dude, you should have seen me six months ago. Like you think this is bad. It's not as bad as it was, you know, but it's also like it doesn't matter to me what other people think anymore. It used to, but I think only because I knew I wasn't doing anything. So I felt like I deserve whatever horrible things they might say. It almost
1: felt like their judgment was like, yeah, give, give me that judgment. Yeah. I I deserve
0: that. Yeah. But I just, I don't subscribe to that belief anymore. It's just not me anymore.
1: You talk about Vance. Would you say he was, other than uh, your wife, the most influential person in your journey? <clears throat> yeah. Vance
0: is a big part of it, man. Um, you know, he's he's one of the most down to earth people I've ever met. And, you know, I put myself out there on on social media right when I started, posted six pictures of me with no shirt on. I thought that's what you were supposed to do. And it wasn't easy, but I did it. Apparently, not everybody does that. And when he saw it, he's in that Facebook group. He was like, whoa. So he reaches out to me through a comment on the post. <clears throat> and then, you know, Ashley comes and tells me my wife. She's like, hey, do you realize he lives in like walks ahead. He's an hour away from us. And I was like. No way, this guy that has like gone viral on the internet actually lives near us. and she's like, he doesn't even live that far away. He invites me to his house the next day. I'm hanging out in his in his house meeting his wife, hanging out with his dogs, and he takes me on a walk and I mean it killed me. it destroyed me that walk we went on. and uh, but he told me he's like, dude, I'm here for you. you know anytime you need anything and he has been. I mean, I share food journals with that guy every single day. Anytime either one of us, you know, are having like a downer moment or we're celebrating something, usually we're calling each other and talking through it. So, um, he's incredible and he's just been a big inspiration to me because, you know, we've both had our struggles with weight and, you know, and we still continue. But the thing about Vance that to me is so inspirational is that he doesn't ever quit either. We're all going to have moments, you know, where we, you know, maybe give in or we, uh, experience a, a mild relapse of, you know, previous bad behavior or whatever, but, man, he's so sold out to just live life now. It's infectious when you're around him. And he's, he was a lot like me. He said, I said no to everything. And he's like, I just say yes to everything now. So if somebody tells me, hey, we should meet up and go do this sometimes, you know, Vance will pull his phone out and be like, when are we going to do it? And he'll go ahead and get it set on his schedule. And I just I love the fact that he like all he sees now is opportunities. And he just hmm. goes for it. So, yeah, he's, he's been hugely, hugely inspirational. He's been a very big part of it
1: this was originally a coping mechanism for you eating as a way to deal with stress or pain. Did you find a way to cope without using that mechanism anymore? Is that part of your recovery?
0: Yeah. So it is actually, um, I know that, I don't know. It was a few months ago. I was thinking about it one night and it was, I, I had put something out there, uh, I think on my Instagram account. And it got a lot of positive responses back. It was, I think it was, it was either a non-scale victory or it was some, some new milestone that I had with a workout. And uh it got a lot of positive feedback, which was really just it was really good for me, It built me up a lot in the moment. And I realized, because I still face temptation constantly, I I constantly put myself in positions where I'm around people who eat the same stuff that I used to eat, fast food, whatever. And people will say you know, hey, I'm sorry, is this, is this going to be too much? And I tell him no, it's not. Like I can be around it all day long because truthfully, I got to learn how to be able to be around it. That's normal life. But even in that moment that day when I was on such that high from all that positivity that was coming my way, I realized, man, the high from that feels so much better than a food high because a food high is a real thing, but it's so temporary and it goes away. But the great thing about the highs that I get now hitting new milestones is one they just continue to go and go and go as long as i don't stop and regress the high from hitting a new milestone or reaching like a new non-scale victory or whatever it's so much more intense and it only continues to build so it's like it's exciting with food you constantly have to keep going back trying to like refill this empty tank of you know happiness or joy or whatever and it's never really it's never real you know it's just kind of like an illusion but with the stuff I'm doing now, you know, it's like I've laid like a foundation of success and I'm just building and building and building on top of it. So that's become what's replaced that need and that crave for food and what food brought for me is that now it's just like, hey, I go buy a new shirt that's a smaller size. That's a big one. You know, being able to put on clothes that I've never been able to put on, being able to do something I used to couldn't do. Um those are way more exciting for me now than trying to use food as a coping mechanism, and a lot of times what I've learned to do now, and this has kind of come more from friends and stuff who have loved well on me while I've been through this, is instead of giving in to to food or something like that is I reach out to people too, and I've learned that there's there's so much support with the people around you if you give them an opportunity, but most people you know, we don't want to do it because sometimes it's just more fun to you know indulge in our bad behavior but you know people might hold you accountable if you reach out to them and i've just learned that uh it's okay like it's okay for people to hold you accountable it's okay for for people to be there for you so no i don't use food as a coping mechanism anymore there might be times i celebrate by eating something i i used to previously enjoy but uh never like i used to not with like the you know the the binge behavior and stuff like that
1: um, I think what you were what you were kind of saying and what I also realized uh, last year is um, like I would I would use food to cope or I, I had other ways of coping too. Luckily, none were very destructive for the people around me or anything, you know, and maybe uh, might not even be noticeable, you know, but I, I knew what I was doing., yeah. and I think that's the worst part is knowing that you're giving up you know, and you're, you're trying to do whatever you can to feel better just for a moment. What you had kind of said as, as your new coping mechanism is essentially these, these small wins or these victories and saying, no, this is good, or this is getting better, or I'm just going to build upon that instead of getting down for where it's at, or because I went back a notch. So thinking about, Hey, let me just take two steps. Uh, for me, helped me get, you know, a lot further ahead and, and focus more on, and you, you said failure too, like failure being you're learning from your failures. And that I think is huge instead of taking failure as a defeat to take failure as an advantage and say, I failed doing it this way, not going to do that again. Maybe let's tweak it. But you know, like I shouldn't, I shouldn't go that way anymore. So that's all, that's kind of, a win in itself is, is you've eliminated a path.
0: Well, there's a, there's a speech I listened to. I don't really, I don't know what it's titled as, but if you search on YouTube, um, the speech that broke the internet by Arnold Schwarzenegger, I don't know that it really broke anything. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the internet is pretty resilient, but he, uh, he talked about failure and it's, it was just so profound. I kid you not for like two or three weeks. I listened to it every single morning when I went out on my early morning walk, and that was what he would say. He said, uh, don't be afraid to fail. He said, it's okay if you fail. And he said, it just matters that you get back up. Like, that's it. And that's what I think I've just learned is that, like, you really, really have to change the way you look at failure. Because, like, you're 100% going to fail. Don't be stressed about that. Because it's going to happen. You're going to have to find a new way to look at it. And that's why I take the positive route on it. Because, you know, if you, if you go the negative route, it's just going to be something you're always having to deal with. The negative, you know, negative. Uh, mentality of it. But yeah, um, looking at failure differently helps. And then kind of like what you just mentioned, I know I've said it to people in the past is, you know, creating lots of little wins for yourself. Because when I first started, I, I mean, seriously, dude, the first couple of weeks, I cried every day. And I told Ash, like, this freaking sucks. It's too hard. Let's just start next month. Like, I can't do this because like the addiction was very real for me. I think like the the chemicals and stuff from all the fast food that were in my body was very hard to get off of and I struggled but the one thing I told her was I just I cannot I had this overwhelming thought in my mind I cannot deal with the idea of never having things again in my life that I wanted like you know things like pizza whatever and you know I couldn't deal and I finally had to realize The one thing that people tell you, I feel like when people tell you this, everybody rolls their eyes. I mean, just take it one day at a time. And I'm like, I don't want to hear that. That's the dumbest thing ever. (laughs) And I was like, I finally realized this: the truth and the simplicity of that statement is I only really have to struggle through today. Like, this is the only day I've been given is today. So my issue is I'm constantly seeing, like, the totality of my life years down the road of having to continue to say no to this thing that I want right in this moment today. I just got to say no today and I'll get up tomorrow and maybe I don't have the desire for it. But if I do, all I got to do is say no tomorrow. So that's why I started telling people, dude, you just got to take it a day at a time. And it sounds super simple. Like I don't have any better advice, but I was like, no, you just have to understand. You just have to fight today because tomorrow is not even yours yet. So just work on this one. Mm -hmm. And then when you get up tomorrow, the battle might be a little bit different and you'll fight that one and it'll be better. But I said, you know, also, looking down the road, it was hard for me because I'm like, I'm at 521. I want to be at 195. That's a big number. But I started saying, okay, I'm at 521. My first goal, get to 510. If I get to 510, man, I'm in a completely different weight zone there. And when I got to 510, my next goal was 499. I just kept taking it at 10 like ten pound increments every single time. Well, the way you do it like that, I mean, you're hitting, you're hitting goals once every week or two. So that was what allowed me to experience celebration. And I told people, man, I tell you, once you get a couple celebrations behind you, and then you know that those celebrations are there because of your hard work, that's what gives you the confidence and like, well, how am I going to, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. Like, look at the stuff you've already done. Like, of course you're going to make it. So that's why I tell people create lots and lots of little goals because it gives you more and more to celebrate, which builds your confidence level up. So that's, that's what I do. That's what works for me.
1: That's amazing, man. I'm so glad you're here. Um, did you have like a rock bottom moment that particularly stands out and what did that moment teach you or, or did you realize something from that moment?
0: Yeah. um, So I do, I have, I have a lot of, I have a lot of rock bottom moments. Um, There's one that was particularly uh, hard for me. It was, it was a few years ago. It's 2016. I was working for a different company than I do now. And I left work that day to go on a lunch break at a restaurant. And I did stuff like this all the time. I would, I would sneak out and go to like, to what I think are nicer restaurants. Um, But maybe restaurants that like my wife doesn't really particularly care for that I don't normally get to go to. And I just want that food so bad. I'm gonna go anyway. On this particular day, I chose Olive Garden and I went to Olive Garden. And like when I, when I say I ordered, I ordered everything I want. I'm not kidding. I mean, I got like I got the breadsticks with Alfredo dipping sauce. I loaded up with that. I got a a trio appetizer, had a bunch of appetizers, a couple bowls of soup before my meal. And then I ended up eating uh, like chicken Parmesan, drank probably five or six sodas while I was there, ate all of that. And I got some kind of dessert and ate that too. And man, I was so stuffed and it was time to go so stuffed. So I'm leaving the restaurant and I go out to the parking lot. And that day I drove my wife's car. She has a Honda Pilot. It's a pretty good car pretty big car and a lot of times i asked her to use it because i could fit in it you know that was that was one of the days i talked her into letting me use that car because i couldn't fit my own car which at the time was a ford focus and i mean it was like driving around like a tic-tac box it was awful (laughs) and so i come out to the car and the person on the driver's side had parked so freaking close i mean i i couldn't even get to the door to see if i could open it it was so close And I'm thinking like, oh, this is not good. Like, this is so not good. And I go over to the passenger side and there's like enough room to get in, but it's pretty tight too. So I'm super frustrated at this moment, just kind of mad. And I unlock the car and I'm like, I guess I'm going to have to like go in the passenger door and like crawl over the console. And the console is not really big. You know, it's armrest type console and then get in the driver's seat and then back out. I go in the uh, passenger side door, get in the seat, and that was a, that was a real task. It was much harder than I thought. Like I saw that going much easier in my mind. And I could not lift my foot up to get it over the console. Couldn't do it because like my stomach and just the weight of it was so much. I couldn't get my foot over the console, and I sat back there and it's hot and it's getting hot. I'm sweating. And I started to get really, really frustrated. And I started getting upset because I was like, what am I going to freaking do? Like, am I going to go in the restaurant and ask them to like go around and ask who this car belongs to? And I'm angry at the person who parked next to me because I'm like, you have no idea what situation you're putting me in right now. And I'm thinking, do I wait? And I'm like, I have no idea how long I'm going to be sitting here waiting. I've got to get back to work. And I didn't know what to do. And just like in desperation, I call my wife and, you know, I get on the phone with her like, as soon as she picks up the phone, she can tell that something's wrong, you know? And she's like, what's wrong? And I'm just like, I'm just starting to cry on the phone with her. And, you know, she's like, what happened? What's the matter? And I said, like, I'm I'm at a restaurant. I was embarrassed even telling her because I wasn't planning to tell her about it. You know, I just went and spent probably like $30, $40 at Olive Garden by myself. And the last thing I wanted to do was call my wife and let her know that I had done it. And uh, I said, I'm I'm at Olive Garden. I said, "And, and, and somebody parked next to me and I can't, like, I can't get in the car. I don't know what to do. And I was so upset and I don't really know what I expected her to say, but I mean, I would have deserved like a, like, why would you go there? Like, we don't, you don't, we don't need to spend money there right now. But all she said was just stay right there and I'll be there. So, I mean, she probably had to drive like 25 minutes from our house to get there so she drives all the way up pulls up in the ford focus that i hated looking you know looking super uncomfortable in the car i hated driving pulls up gets out and i kind of expected her just to get out kind of frustrated aggravated just kind of you know try to help me out but she just walked up to me and gave me a hug in the parking lot and i'm like i'm like breaking out into tears because i'm so embarrassed that this happened and then my wife just had to drive almost a half an hour to a parking lot because I couldn't get myself into a car. And, you know, she just tells me it's, it's okay. Like, it's going to be fine. And she, she gets into the passenger side. Like I tried, like I did, crawled over the console really quick, backed the car up and got out. And I mean, she had to back it up like four feet and she walks back over to me, and gives me another hug and tells me it's okay. Like, don't feel bad. And it was, you know, it's moments like that, you know, like where you 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 really know that you married the right person because mm. you know Ashley's always been there for me, and that was one of those moments where she could have said whatever she wanted to, but like all she did in that moment was try to make me feel better and i would like I said, I would like to think that that, that moment would have been like the last time I would ever let that happen to me, but it wasn't you know that was. Two and a half, three years before I decided to make the actual, you know, life change to really start to correct my health issues and stuff like that and get into a better place. But but that was just that was a really, really rough moment, you know, and it's just it's always been so visceral in my memory because it was just so embarrassing, you know, to have to go through that and have to bring someone else into that, you know, that shameful moment for myself. So that's that's probably one of the toughest moments.
1: You you kind of said it didn't necessarily launch into anything. But-
0: Honestly, no. And the t- and the truth is, that was probably one of the worst points of my health because I hadn't been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes yet.
1: Yeah. But- so you probably had it already.
0: I definitely had it. I was experiencing it at work and didn't know what it was, but I fell asleep in a lot of meetings. And my, my coworker would tell me, hey, like she'd try to wake me up or she'd like try to kick me under the table if she could. But I was passing out constantly. And finally... I think I fell asleep in a Chick Fil A drive-through one day while ordering. Fell asleep, and the person on the microphone had to wake me up. Later that year, before I got diagnosed, and just just kind of like a you know traffic jam in Dallas, like you know you get into all the time, just you know inching five to ten feet at a time. I I fell asleep and rear-ended somebody, and that's when it was like I got to figure out what's wrong with me. Like you know, I was lucky there was just a guy in a truck. Could have been somebody with their kid in their car, you know. I got really, really upset about that because, you know, I had type two diabetes and my blood sugar was so high. I just, I fell asleep all the time, all the time. Do you love life now? Oh yeah, man. Um, you know, before, before I started my journey, you know, earlier this year, I, um, I was pretty negative. I turned down every opportunity I could, you know, I was a no guy uh, for just about everything. If, if anybody asked me to be a part of it, I said, no, And now it's kind of like, kind of like with Vance, I just, all I see is opportunity. I told my wife, I said, there's so many things I want to do right now. And I know that like some of them, I'm just like, I'm right on the cusp. And then some of them, like, I know it's coming next year. So I already, I told her for Christmas, I want a kayak because I've always wanted to be a kayaker. And I was like, next year I'm sitting in the water in a kayak. I'll be the size I need to be. Um, I told a good friend of mine, my pastor, you know, Joel, the other day, I said, Hey, I think next year I might try out for the softball team. And he was like, what? I was like, I used to play baseball when I was a kid, man. And I wouldn't now because I'm so big and I can't run. And I said, but man, I feel like next year is going to be different, dude. I'm on a path right now. And he was super excited for me too. So it's like, I look at life now as just a gigantic opportunity for new experiences. And, I mean, shoot, at the end of next month, I'm going to my first concert ever with my wife. And I would never go to concerts. I had an opportunity where a bunch of our friends invited me to go to uh, Hillsong. And I said no because I'm like, I can't fit in the seats. And if I have to stand, my feet will hurt, my back will hurt. And now I'm just like, man, screw it. Let's go. And if I have an opportunity to go, I'm going to (laughs) go. So I love no, that. No, I soak it up now.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. Do you have any kind of advice you'd like to hand off as as your, uh, your sign off here? If I could share anything with anybody that I think could transform their life is
0: uh, it's something I tell people all the time. And I don't know, it probably sounds cliche is you have so much more ability than you think you do. When I first started, I didn't think I could do anything. And I've only realized I had so much ability that I didn't tap into. Uh, and it's all—it was all it was all right there. So I would tell anybody that's considering starting or afraid of starting because they've experienced past failures is don't let your past tell you how big you're allowed to dream. Because, you know, you can do anything you want to do. You can go after whatever you want to go after. Don't look at your past failures and think that that's you know, that basically is, uh, the indicator of what your abilities are. Your past is your past and your future is going to be different. It can be different. So, um, those are things that I try to tell people all the time, but you know, as far as like this program I'm on, we haven't talked about it any here. And I mean, I typically tell everybody about this program, but I gotta, I gotta plug it at the end of this is DDP yoga. It was started by diamond Dallas page years ago. It's YRG yoga for real guys. And it's become DDP yoga and it's incredible. Um, You know, I'd said that I wanted to get into yoga and DDP yoga is it's yoga with resistance. So it kind of replaces the need for me to be in the gym lifting weights because I create my own dynamic resistance as I do moves and I'm flexing muscles and I'm revving my heart rate up and keeping it up for, you know, entire workouts. It can be, you know, 20 minutes long to an hour, you know, long. Um, But for anybody who's wanting to get into something and like no matter where you are, as far as your health, your, you know, your abilities, With this program, you can start out in a bed if you have to. If you're bedridden, there are workouts. If you have a bad back, bad legs, there are chair workouts. That's where I started Uh, eight months ago, seven and a half months ago. I started sitting in a chair like we are right now, just lifting my legs up. And I've got to the point now to where I do all my workouts on the mat. Uh, I've had a couple injuries since where, not real injuries, but just flare-ups of pain. And I went to doing bed flex workouts where I basically laid in the bed and did my moves and my poses and stuff in a bed where I was kind of, you know, I could protect my body a little bit. Yeah, DDP Yoga, man. It's an incredible program with a really awesome eating plan that you can follow, which I do. Um, It's a program that basically is uh, gluten-free, dairy-free. So it teaches you how to eat clean, organic foods when you can, uh, if you can afford to, but definitely just staying away from dairy and from gluten and just, yeah, getting the workouts in, but there's an amazing community there. I, I'm i on a Facebook group, DDP Yoga on the Facebook. And I mean, there's like over 40,000 people there. And it's so it's so addictive to go because I've never been a part of a group that celebrate you harder than they do, because you think you go to so many places and you see people really trying to like flaunt their success and just get out there and but man, all of these people are just trying to celebrate other people's successes, and it's so addictive to want to be around because you just want to prop people up and just give them hope and give them confidence that they can they can change their life and they can be better. So, yeah, if uh, if anybody has any questions, I'm on Instagram. My Instagram name is uh, Chasing My Change, and I'm on Facebook just under Chase Green. But Definitely check out Vance Hines too. My boy is—he's uh, the real deal. He's awesome. I love the guy, Vance Hines. Um, his name—if uh, you just look up Vance Hines—you'll find he has different handles on each one. But yeah, uh, he's super motivational. He's—he's he's such a sincere and genuine person. So yeah, if I—if I could share anything with anybody, that's—I think DDP Yoga can work for anyone at any level just to just help to improve your overall mental health and your physical health and just kind of your outlook. It has mine. I mean, if it hadn't been for this program and and for the friends and stuff around me, I mean,
1: I don't know where I'd be. Chase, thank you for being on here, man. Thank you for having this me. This is the first episode of Progress Podcast, and I think it's awesome.
0: Me too. And I'm I'm so honored to have been the first person on this podcast. That's that's super exciting. Dude, you're I the pioneer. It.
1: Everybody else has to like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to share this episode with them, and they're going to be like, oh, man, how am I going to follow that? Oh, man. Nah, I'm kidding, but... Uh, No, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Progress Podcast. Uh, We're doing this because we know that there are so many people going through the same struggles. And there are a lot of people that have already been through those struggles in one way or another. Uh, And we believe that those stories of progress are important to share and important for others to hear. Some struggles will never end and issues may not be fully resolved because life is messy. This isn't going to be a show with all happy endings uh, because that may not always be the way the story ends. But we hope that you can take these stories, apply them to your own struggles, hopefully be able to make your own progress. So thank you for listening. Subscribe to the podcast. If you are excited about it, uh, rate the podcast that really helps, um, follow us at progress, the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, if you think you have a, a story that that might be uh, good to share, good for other people to hear, uh, hit us up on, you know, Instagram or Facebook, or you can email us at info at progress, the podcast.com.